This episode is sponsored by Mint Home Loans. With mortgage interest rates nearing all-time lows, now is the time to see what options you may qualify for. Make Mint Home Loans your trusted partner for all your mortgage needs. In today's times, your money matters. Shop local with Mint at 410-458-6847 for any home loan questions you may have. Welcome to Life's Tough. You can be tougher. I'm Dustin Planalt, your host. This is a show about life and purpose. It's about the stories we all have. Everyone has a story. Yet sometimes in our own lives, we don't see the people around us. And it may take years to find out that you have been among some of the toughest people you've ever known. People that survived impossible odds. People that struggled with trauma. Our guest today is Mallory Wegeman. Mallory is an American Paralympic swimmer. She became a paraplegic after an epidural injection to treat post-shingles back pain in 2008. Since then, she has broken many world records and won multiple gold medals at the IPC Swimming World Championships in 2009 and in 2010. It is my pleasure to welcome Mallory onto the show. Welcome, Mallory. Thank you so much, Dustin, for having me on. I'm excited to be here with you guys today. Same here. Getting to know you as the listeners got to hear your story. Your story has been one that has impacted the world. What's it like to be you? <laughs> Pretty normal. Um, I say that with a laugh because for me, it's just, it's life, right? We all have a story and it's unique to all of us. But when it's your story, it's just, it's just life. It, there's nothing special about it. And I think sometimes that's the beauty of it is just honoring your own journey for what it is and realizing that's what makes you tick. And so for me, it happens to be being a Paralympic swimmer. And yes, I've done incredible things in my sport. And I'm writing in the process of now putting my book that I've spent the last year writing out into this world. But at the same time, like, I'm just a normal person. I'm a wife and a dog mom and a sister and a friend and a daughter. And I'm pretty average when it comes down to it, aren't we all? Well, but you have found a way to not allow it, or let me say this, to not become a volunteer victim. Because I hear stories all the time, stories that would make you laugh, stories that would make you cry. But one of the things I hear from most people about the misfortunes in their lives tend to be most of them, they're allowing themselves to continue to be the victim. And they are a volunteer victim, are they not? I think they are. Um, I think it comes down to perspective and how you choose to move forward through whatever it is you've faced. I, I don't believe moving on is something that's obtainable. I think it's something that when we face trauma or grief or circumstance and adversity, we move forward with it. It becomes a part of us, but it doesn't define us. I mean, I just had my 13th anniversary of my paralysis on January 21st, and I surrounded myself with loved ones and I celebrated. I choose to celebrate a day that quite frankly, many would argue was 
probably one of the most traumatic days of my life. And well, yes, that's true. It's also a day that sent me in this trajectory towards the person I am now. And I wouldn't know my husband if that day never happened. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have all the beautiful things in my life that I have at this point in time. And so I think it, it really does come down to how you choose to move forward. So how did you tackle the emotional trauma? Because there are people that can barely handle the physical side of it. You know, the emotional trauma was challenging, I'll be honest. And I think part of handling it is allowing yourself to say it's okay to just not be okay at times. Like, it's okay to say this sucks. You just can't get lost in that to the point that you live in it at all times. You have to find a way to, like I said, move through it. And, you know, yeah, there's days where it's challenging, even all these years later, but I really think for me, it came down to choosing to want more for my life and not having quite literally a sudden moment of impact be that defining factor. And I'm really fortunate to have an incredible community. And I think we all are when we open our eyes and look around, like we're not in this alone. And so when we have the strength to realize like, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say something's hard. It's okay to struggle. Those things don't make you weak. They just make you human and ultimately make you stronger. Then you start to be able to put the pieces together to find your way through it as you, as you seek to move forward. You know, they, they talk about success in life and many people will usually see success as a certain dollar number. Well, if I make X amount of dollars, I typically in my, my life now at this stage, being a daddy myself, is that success is defined as what do people say about you and your back is turned. We have a mutual friend. Our mutual friend said she's beautiful inside and out, that she pushes others past the point where they thought, I, I can't go any farther. I don't have this strength. Where do you find your strength? You know, that's a great question. And I love that um, kind of changing the conversation around success because it is so important. And as an athlete, too, at times I live in the world of if you're not a gold medalist, you haven't hit success. And while I'm fortunate to be a gold medalist, um, I've also been in the situation where I haven't hit the podium at all at a games. And, and I think that, you know, understanding that accolades and achievements and dollar figures aren't what define success is part of the process of really understanding who you are as a person. And I think for me, the strength to move through those different times in my life has really come down to knowing my why. I, I really think that that is such an important thing of we're constantly going to be faced with choices and we're going to have good days and we're going to have bad days and we're going to have good seasons and challenging seasons but when we wake up each day and we're faced with those various choices, if we ultimately know our why, our, our kind of North Star, if you will, it, it makes it easier to move through those times because you know what it is that you're fighting for. And, you know, yeah, there, there's hard days, but knowing why you're doing what you're doing and understanding your purpose that goes beyond accolades and dollar figures or any of that and knowing where that purpose is rooted, it, it gives you a path forward in the challenging times when you can't see a way forward. And it allows you to lean on the people around you and say, 
right now I need an extra boost. And they know where to boost you because they know what it is that you're fighting for. But if you don't have purpose and you don't have a why, you're just constantly spinning out. That's a beautiful way of putting it. You know, they, they say, or at least this is my words, how I define an Olympian is they always have a little, a little extra fuel in their tank to keep going. The fuel, who holds you accountable? Who is your fuel? Yeah, that's such a great question. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, I, I come home and I come home to an incredibly supportive husband. I have two loving parents and sisters who have my back. But at the end of the day, while they are a huge part of the support structure, I think that that fuel truly comes from my desire to constantly do my part through my craft to make sure that our next generation doesn't have to ask what about me. And I know what it's like to look to a world and not feel represented. I know what it's like to yearn to see a path forward. And I have devoted my athletic career, my career outside of the pool, now through the process of writing a book to doing my part, whatever that is, even if it's just one person to try to pave the way to make that path just a little bit easier for them. Because I know how I felt when I was 18 and paralyzed. I, I know what that, that sense of loss and uncertainty of where was I going to fit in in our society. And I just, I think for me at the end of the day, when I'm tired or in a training session, when I don't feel like I can push anymore, I know that I'm not fighting to reach the top of the podium just for personal gratification. I'm fighting to reach the top of the podium because it represents something so much larger than myself. And there might be some young girl or boy who's watching that could see me and say, I can do that. And in 10 years, they might be on that podium too. Or maybe it's walking by or wheeling by the bookshelf in a bookstore and seeing my picture on a book cover and seeing somebody that looks like them being celebrated for who they are. And so I think at the end of the day, the people that motivate me most and give me the fuel are the very people I don't even know and may never know purely because I just want to do my part to, to make that path easier and to make sure they don't have to ask those questions I asked myself 13 years ago. That is a message. It's a message that lifts hearts and inspires you know, I look at your story. Years ago, I, I worked with uh, a lady. Her name is Michelle. She was in a wheelchair. In her 30s, she went sledding with her boyfriend. She fell off, broke her back. And it is when you have those things, you take them for granted. That every single day I get up out of bed, I walk around, that you had this moment of being independent. You were independent. And then you became dependent. What's that process been like? How have you tackled it? You know, it was challenging. I'll be honest. And I, I think that that aspect that you said of taking for granted, just that the lightness that I call it, I, I often talk about, I, I wish I would have had the moment to just soak in for half a second longer, that feeling of being grounded in the balls of your feet when you stand. And I know that sounds so silly, but I think of all of those 
things that I, I was never aware of when I could walk. I was never aware of how easy it was to just step out the threshold of the door of my home and go out into the world. I was never aware of that feeling of your, your toes between the sands as the waves rush in when you're sitting on the beach and like all those little things that you, you just don't even slow down to realize because it's just so second nature. And then when I became paralyzed, it was like, I yearned for all the little things I never even realized that I noticed. And it's tough because I prided myself on being independent. I mean, my parents still joke to this day that when I was a little kid, I was constantly miss I do it. Everything I had to do on my own. And so when my injury happened, it was challenging to understand that now I was going to have to ask for help doing the most basic things. And while I knew it wouldn't last forever and I would eventually adapt and, you know, that period of time after my injury where I felt like I was dependent on everyone. Now I'm at a point in my life where I feel like superwoman. I mean, anything and everything I could want to do, I do. I've traveled the world alone. I, I do everything. And I think it just comes down to your willingness to, to adapt. I mean, quite frankly, that's as easy as it is. It's like, you can either look at it and say, I can't do this. Or you can look at it and say, I'm going to find a way to do this. So quitting and was never an option. No, it was never an option. I was 18 when I was injured. I just think, you know, I think of that first year and, and it's interesting because we're in this time period where 13 years ago, I was still in the hospital fighting through those emotions. Right. And it's like every January 21st, I'm aware of the anniversary and every February, I'm aware that that was the entire month I spent in a hospital and beginning of March is when I went home. And so it, I know that all those years ago, I was kind of lost in that uncertainty, but I also know that I made some really tough choices, but to me, they were easy because I looked at it like I'm too young to give up. I'm too young to say like, all right, let's throw the towel in and call it a day. And because I can't walk, I'm just going to sink into this is what it's going to be. I mean, you don't need to walk on two feet to go do remarkable things. You don't need to walk to be a good person. You, you don't need to walk to do any of those things. And I just think I quickly realized I could either choose to just be, or I could choose to live. And I wanted to live. And marriage, how has it changed you? Oh, so many ways. My husband is the best. I mean, man, I hit the jackpot. We are, we're business partners. We literally do everything together, which people always laugh. And they're like, how could you work with your spouse? But we met through work and we've, we have those same goals. And I think for me, what the biggest blessing of, you know, we'd been together for years when we got married. And so when we finally got married and transitioned from friends, and then at one point we were dating and then he was my fiance, right? You make those transitions through a relationship. And I think the biggest one that I wasn't anticipating when we got married, was just 100% realizing that this was a team sport now. And I know that sounds so silly and simple because for many you're with your significant other for, you know, maybe years before you get married, but there was something about saying our vows and standing before our family and friends 
and knowing that we were making that choice to build our lives together. And no matter which way the tides turn, we have each other's back. And there's something really empowering about knowing that no matter what comes your way, you will forever have that person. And he's, he's my person. And it's really quite that simple. I mean, yes, marriage is challenging and there's compromise and all these things that you just have to constantly work on. But I think the aspect of knowing that together life is a team sport is, is pretty remarkable. That's a beautiful thing. And I have to tell you, I, for me swimming, I can barely doggy paddle. (laughs) And the fact that you, that, that you were the best, like, how did you even get into swimming? Oh, I started swimming when I was seven years old. So I started swim lessons as a toddler. I started competing when I was seven and I just fell in love with the community. Uh, I'm the youngest of three girls and my two older sisters swam. So I kind of just naturally got thrown into it. I have very fond memories of watching them compete and getting brought to their swim practices when mom and dad were driving them to practice and just kind of sitting in the stands watching and it felt natural to swim myself. And when I started swimming, I realized it was about so much more than just swimming back and forth over a black line. I I fell in love with the team aspect that we had, the community around the pool deck that filled it every weekend at swim meets. And it just became a big part of my life. But the funny thing is I was super average as a kid. I still talk to my coach about this because my coach who's coaching me now was my high school swim coach. Wow. And I've known him since I was a seven-year-old kid because he was one of my club coaches when I was an age group swimmer. And so we were talking about that. I'm like, I mean, I didn't even make it to high school state. And here I am training for my third Paralympic Games. And so we kind of laugh and we're like, of all the swimmers that went through Egan High School, do you really think it was going to be me that you'd be coaching all these years later? (laughs) Um, But it really came down to the passion. I've just, I've always loved it. And there's something so freeing about the water. And quite honestly, it's that passion that, that brought me home after I was injured. And swimming in so many ways is what brought me back to life. And faith, does it guide you? It does, 100%. And I, I think there's something so empowering about knowing that what it is that I'm doing and fighting for and what it is that I believe in is about something so much bigger than myself. And, you know, it's interesting. It was tough at first when I was injured of figuring out how to, how to let it guide me. Cause there's that frustration when something bad happens of like, why would God or whoever your, your higher belief is in let bad things happen to good people. Right. But then there was with time, this realization that I truly do believe everything happens for a reason. And I, I do, I mean, I look at what I'm doing all these years later, and I've done more on four wheels than I ever could have dreamed of doing on two feet. And in so many ways, I've had a much more significant significant impact through what I've been able to do on four wheels. And at the end of the day, I think that's what it's about. It's about the people we choose to be, and it's about the impact we leave when the day comes to an end. And if we choose to be good people and 
we leave an impact that's beyond ourselves, then I think we can say we've done a pretty good job. And so for me, faith has been a big part of leading me forward in those times where it feels all consuming, in those times where I needed to lean in to, to find the courage to forgive and to move through grief and loss and and also move through the heights of joy. I mean, goodness, like you can lose yourself just as much at the top of a Paralympic podium as you can in the depths navigating through paralysis. And so finding that that grace and humility is a big part of it too. And you know, your legacy now includes the speaker circuit. So here you go from Olympian uh, to, to amazing wife, uh, to inspire her, and now you've taken it that to that next stage of the speaking circuit. Is it scary? It was at first. <laughs> um, <laughs> my dad threw me into speaking, and I didn't even know what was going on. It was years ago, and I had just won my SB award, and his company was having their partner meeting, and he invited me to come chat with a few folks, and I was like, sure. I'll, I'll come chat with some of your colleagues. I thought he meant I was like going to go to dinner with them and just kind of hang out and see some of his colleagues who I'd met over the years. Um, what he told me about 10 days before is I was giving a 90 minute, I had a 90 minute time slot for a keynote in front of 300 international partners. And I was like, wow, daddy really buried the lead on that one. I had no idea what I was getting into. And mind you, I got a C in high school speech class because I was totally that kid that would stare at blank note cards because I was so intimidated of the fact that all eyes would be on me and standing in front of my peers and speaking. And so now being a speaker, there's a lot of irony in it, but I love it. And I think at the end of the day, I really found that when we are vulnerable, we are ultimately more connectable and having that ability to sit on a stage and find a way to craft my story in a way that can help impact and empower others is it's the answer to the why I asked 13 years ago in a hospital bed, wanting to make sense of the darkest day of my life and bring it forward in a way that would give it purpose and meaning and bring good to this world. And so my goal Every time I go give a speech is if I can impact just one person in that room to make a significant change in their life. Then for me, it feels like January 21st, 2008 mattered. It happened for a reason. And I think that's what I really love about speaking is just the ability to, it's not about sharing my story. It's about sharing my story in a way that can empower others to honor their own. And how do we learn more about you? Well, I have my book, Limitless, which seems so strange to say, mind you. Um, I'm getting used to the phrase, I have a book, Limitless. It releases on March 2nd, and I am so excited. So you can check that out, or you can follow me on Instagram. Life's tough. Paralympians are tougher. Thank you again for sharing your story with us. Thank you so much. Thank you again, Mallory, for sharing your story. What was your takeaway? Mine was not taking things for granted. Taking things for granted, what does that mean? Many of us each and every day do things day after day. 
such as watch TV, take a walk, sit on a couch. Those things in your life that matter, and yet without them, would you really be able to control who you are? Mallory taught me today that no matter what happens, if you have a strong foundation, if you have faith, if you have a mindset that I will never quit, I will never give up, that no matter what happens, I will never be the volunteer victim, then you will succeed. Everyone has a story, and every story you've ever had in your life, it has a purpose. Life's tough. You can be tougher. Thanks again. See you next time.